Welcome back to Between Two White Coats, a podcast designed to help you be the healthiest version of yourself. I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, a family medicine doctor. And I'm her co-host, Amber Foster, a family nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing key issues surrounding health and wellness, answering some of our biggest questions, overcoming health obstacles, and giving patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and providing the tools you need to live a healthy life. If you find our podcast helpful, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and review. This will help other people find our podcast. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to serving you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so thrilled today to welcome a friend of ours, Dr. Juan Lacayo. Juan is a neurologist and uh, we want to talk a little bit for people. I think uh, we hear a lot when people are like, I saw the urologist and I'm thinking they're about to start talking about their prostate and then they they start talking about an MRI of their brain. I'm like, oh, you mean the neurologist. (laughs) And so it is difficult with all these specialists. Who are they? What do they do? So um, we want to get to know Dr. Lacayo and we want to learn a little bit about what is neurology. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me here. Um, so first of all, I want to say just from probably, I would say me and Shelly, but you see a lot of our patients and I'm so thankful for the care that you give when our patients say Dr. Lacayo is who I'm seeing for X, Y, Z, whatever uh, medical issue that they may have. I'm always like, okay, whew, I don't have to worry about that. So thank Amen. you so much. Like, I really appreciate the care that you give hundred percent my to our I, patients. My typical default is, uh, Dr. Lakai is very smart. Do whatever he says. Does whatever. <laughs> <laughs> or if they want a second opinion, I'm like, do you see Dr. Lakai? And when they say no, I'm like, okay, well let's go see him. So I really do appreciate the care you give our community. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself that is not neurology related. Um, I've been here 11 and a half years, so I, I want to say I appreciate you allowing me to um, take care of the patients. Because um, like when I send patients to other people, I want to make sure that it is someone that I would go to myself. So now about myself, outside of the office, oh boy. Um, <laughs> you know, we have, I have four kids, they're all young, they're all involved in different activities. And so it's transporting them back and forth and teaching them how to, to kick a ball better. Or how to hit the piano harder is uh, the things I do, even though I'm not an expert in either one of those. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you are the Uber driver for the yeah, family. Yeah, I say like sure. child Uber so should we, totally yeah. be a thing. Yeah, it is. so are we, yeah. And I'm the, the faster Uber driver of the family. Yes. <laughs> Your wife's like, yeah, You'll then. get them there when you're running late, which yeah. is probably with four kids frequent that you could be running late. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> um, so tell us a, kind of just a general umbrella, like what is neurology? What do you do on a day-to-day basis? Neurology was interesting to me because when uh, medical medical school started the summer before, I had a neuroanatomy class. Before that, I actually wanted to be a family practice doctor. Um, But in the neuroanatomy class, I realized that there's um, this uh, lump of gooeyness inside our head that makes up every bit of what we are in our ability to like perceive the world, and and that fascinated me. Trying to figure out where uh, what pathways went what and did what. Uh, and so in the first year of medical school, I says, I think I want to be a neurologist and spent some time in the neurology clinic with the doctors. We probably sat around for an hour, hour and a half talking about cases. And um, I, I realized that we just spent an hour trying to figure this out. Mm. Um, and I don't have any blood on me. And I didn't have to put any gloves on me. <laughs> and I was like, this is a great idea. It's a good fit. <laughs> this will work. I think later on, it's really about solving puzzles. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't appreciate that in neurology, you have just five parts. 
You have the brain, the spine, the nerve that goes from the spine to your hand, for example, the space between the nerve and your muscle, and your muscle. So that's five parts of the nervous system that I treat. And so anything that affects those is what we take care of. Yeah. Um, what would be some of the most common things that you would treat? Like when someone's coming to your office, they have had what? Uh, I mean, I know yeah, it's a lot. That's a big question. <laughs> a big but. No, it's a great. I think uh, a couple years back, I looked at the top 25 diagnoses that I treat, and I, I kind of forgot how they were ranked. Uh, but at the top of the list, it was headaches and migraines, uh, probably followed by memory trouble or things like dementia, which uh, unfortunately, as the years go by, that one seems like it's, it's moving to be number one. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that happens with muscles or nerves where people may have some numbness or tingling, Um, or some weakness that I evaluate them as well. Uh, And it seems I have a small cluster where I think other doctors consider me as a Dr. House type and that I don't know what this is. No one can figure it out. You do it. You know, so so I guess that's part of uh, what I'm doing as well. That's cool. Um, What are, like, common tests that you would order? I know, like, there's only so many tests that you can order for brain muscles and nerves, but I have a lot of patients that – uh, they'll say, hey, can you run this test? And I'm like, no, no, you need to see Dr. Lakaya for that. <laughs> so what are some common things that you order? Yeah, for um, for brain problems, we take pictures of the structure of it. So a lot of times I may order a CT or an MRI scan. Many times I have to order an MRI scan just because it gives a clearer picture, a more defined picture of what we're looking for. Uh, maybe for the function of the brain, we do a test called an electroencephalogram, or EEG for short. Yeah, that's what I call it. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're going to get an EEG. Yes, and then in 20 wires with a little bit of paste on the scalp, we may have a strobe light in front of uh, people's eyes, um, trying to see if their brain waves are behaving normally or not. Uh, for the nerves, we do something called a nerve conduction study, and it comes in two parts. The first one involves electricity, and the second one, I have to take a small needle, jab it into the muscles to listen to the muscle activity. So some people call that portion an EMG, which is short for electromyography. Uh, and so those are the major tests that we perform as neurologists in evaluating those regions. So a new patient comes to your office. What are some things that they can expect when they're first patient walking in? Very first patient, um, you know, there's always going to be some paperwork uh, that you have to always. fill out. Thank because you. Say it again. Because <laughs> with insurance, there's, there's documents, and the documents change, and they get longer and longer every year, unfortunately. Um, but it's really is what is your problem? Why are you here? Uh, because that alone starts telling me um, if someone says, I have a headache, then I know I'm going to focus a lot of my questions and trying to understand what's going on with their head. You know, some people say that when I'm walking, it feels like I'm walking on rocks, like the sensation in the feet aren't good. And because of that, I know I need to focus on their feet. So I am going to ask a lot of questions about their symptoms, when it started, how bad is it, things that make it better or worse, uh, and especially what they've tried for it in the past. Because uh, we really got to get an understanding of where it's coming from so we know what we can do about it. Um anything from like you know we're a family practice so a lot of times you see patients when there's a problem we do not that you don't do prevention but I can't imagine that you see a whole lot of people just walking in normal saying oh let's prevent your headaches right so (laughs) normally you're seeing someone because there's an issue um for, so for our from our standpoint, you know, we see a lot of prevention or that's our goal um and we send them to you and we can't figure it out right so from a neurology standpoint, what would you say is some good like prevention, like for stroke or dementia or anything that the things that you could potentially prevent? Yeah, for dementia, 
the thing that has been told to patients for decades is eat right and exercise. So even now in 2023, that's still the best advice you can give when it comes to memory. You know, activity and getting that blood pumping is great for the brain. And what goes in our body should be as healthy as possible. Granted, it may not be um, uh, the easiest or the cheapest route, but it's very important for the health of your brain. So that's the best advice for that. Uh, that probably will take care of a lot of headaches or migraines, to be honest. Um, that would probably also help people with any sleep issues. Um, so a brain problem could be insomnia, where people don't get good sleep, or even the quality of their sleep may be abnormal. Um, and so that's probably the best advice, hands down. You know, when it, he sounds like us. I know. Yes. It's like, Eat right and exercise. Is it's kind time. of the box that we stand on. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little about, you know, when we're talking about the brain, there's really two fields that can cover it, neurology versus psychiatry. Um, and then there are some people who specialize in both and are neuropsychiatrists. Um, what is the difference in the training and, and who as patients should find a neurologist as opposed to like a neuropsychiatrist or a psychiatrist? That's a great question because it seems to be a lot of overlap. Uh, with respect to like medications we may use to uh, treat different conditions. Um, honestly, maybe a, a quarter of what I do sometimes, I realize it ends up being a, a psychiatric problem. Um, a psychiatric problem could be things like anxiety or depression, where maybe the, the chemicals of the brain are, are out of sync. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes a psychiatry, it's making sure that uh, patients are, are well equipped for any stressors in their life. Sometimes they do have to pull out the prescription pad uh, to prescribe medicines to get that chemistry back in sync. In, in neurology, we do something uh, different, um, which is similar to that, but we're also trying to make sure that there isn't any structural issues. And you know, if you ask a psychiatrist, what about this numbness or tingling in my hand? They're going to send you to me. Right. <laughs> you know, if someone asks me is, you know, I'm really struggling with the stress that I'm having with these things that I'm doing. And it makes me feel kind of uh, shaky and, and um, unwell and I can't sleep at night. And a lot of times I'll say, I think you need to ask the psychiatrist. Yeah. And what about neuropsychiatry? Who are these people and how are they trained and who should they be seeing? I've met some of those uh, providers along the way. And it is interesting because, like I said, there's there's a bit of a um, an overlap with respect to things. Like if I have a, a patient who may have some simple anxiety, I might talk to them about a treatment with it and, and save them another trip. Um, you know, if someone else may see a psychiatrist and they complain of headaches, uh, they may decide to go ahead and, and treat them as well. So some people realize that there may be a, a structural problem of the brain, uh, one that when one thing that I would typically treat, but that structural problem causing chemical imbalances affecting people's mood or behavior, then the psychiatry aspect kind of comes in. And I think a neuropsychiatrist is kind of bridging the gap between those. Is there anything new and exciting on the horizon for neurology? But you said migraines, and some of the new migraine meds have been, for us, I know you prescribe them too, but those are like been amazing. There is. I think the treatments that we're having is either going to be new medicines that we never had before or the same medicines we've had before, but using new technology to disperse it into our bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, for migraine medicine, has been uh, great the past few years because now we have medicines that are meant from the ground up to treat migraines. Previously to that, we had medicines for other conditions that we use to treat migraines, which also carried over a lot of the side effects that those medicines mm-hmm. were known for as well. So it's exciting to see these new treatments come out. 
new things in the pipeline on Parkinson's or dementia? For um, Parkinson's disease, I think we're up to about 30 different medicines now. Wow. You know, I mean, it makes me feel better when I have to look them up and I'm like, what is this medicine? Yeah. Um, right. You're a neurologist. Correct. And there's still even some that come out as a generic with a new name and I've never heard about it and I have to look that up as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, with those medicines, is really um, determining about, you know, each patient is going to be different. So it takes a little bit of finesse saying, this is medicine we're going to use here. And I'm already planning for the next medicine we might need to keep people moving. Yeah. For Remember, for Parkinson's and for dementia, eating right and exercising <laughs> is still the best thing for them to Love do. It. Yeah. Love it. You know, um, for dementia, there are some medicines that are in the works now. Uh, they're called monoclonal uh, antibodies that are meant to um, uh, travel around the brain and, and do certain things that the brain is not able to do on its own. For certain dementias like Alzheimer's, they accumulate these proteins they may call plaques or tangles. Um, and they accumulate and our body doesn't know what to do with them. So the medicines that are giving are trying to prevent the accumulation of that, maybe being able to prevent a worsening of Alzheimer's, uh, a treatment, if you will. Uh, we don't have a cure, but a treatment. Uh, they're still in the works. You know, they have come out. Um, they may not have been as uh, strong or, or as uh, effective as we thought they may be. So there's still a bit of, uh, you know, concern is like, this is something we want. We're excited, but at the same time, we have to balance that out with the potential for, it may still cause harm to people if, if we don't know all about it yet. Excellent. And I, I think it's important where I, Dr. Lacayo is um, kind of a general neurologist. If, if we are saying this is neurologic or a broad range of different things, I, I've sent you Everything from migraines to yes. MS to Parkinson's to I'm not sure, help me figure <laughs> it out. Um, but there's some numbness and tingling, so I feel like you might be my first stop. Um, but there are, all, there are also people who subspecialize in neurology. So there are, are neurologists who have maybe taken a special interest in multiple sclerosis. And so there's multiple sclerosis clinics and Parkinson's clinics and things of that sort too. So in understanding neurology, recognizing that uh, not all neurologists practice the same um, pieces of neurology, but where you uh, have been super supportive to us in just about any arena, and then you'll move people on to something further if need be. No, that's correct. As a general neurologist, treat everything from head to toe and so on. But, um, you know, just like you, if you have a patient with a headache and said, you know, let me take a swing at it. Let me try to yeah. treat it. And, and they come to me and I do the same. You know, it's, it's going to be um, people who may have seizures that um, sometimes if I'm not able to get them seizure free, I might have to send them to a neurologist who specializes in it. Mm -hmm. You know, some uh, numbness and tingling ends up having to have their own specialist for it. Um, so you're right. It's just... Of that bit of um, uh, thought process is like, how much can I take care of you here? And you got to be just smart enough to know when to send people on to I someone know. smarter That's than exactly you. That's exactly right. That I send exactly people all the time. Right. I'm like, I am not prideful. I will send you if I do not know. Like, that is exactly I will a thousand percent right. just want to get you help. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. well, I think that helps give a really yeah. great understanding of neurology and um, what to expect if you get referred to a neurologist. Um, and if you're lucky enough to see Dr. Lacayo, you'll be familiar with him as well. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, we will uh, tune in with us more with Dr. Lacayo in coming episodes. We'd like to leave you on a good note. So here's today's Tell Me Something Good. Non-scale goals. 
I recently have had a patient who's lost 90 pounds. She's been exercising, she's been monitoring her diet, um, she's been following our medical weight loss program, and she was able to run a 5K. She has started to work out and do HIIT classes, and so she's building strength and confidence, and that's something good. Thanks for joining us today, and until next time, take care of yourself.